Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go to sunburymotors.com. You can go online and check out the great line as of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and their great pre-owned inventory. And you can get the process going from the comfort of your own home. All at sunburymotors.com. All right, play-by-play call of the day. Musburger, along with Kirk Herbstreet on that call. It was Auburn over Oregon for all the Tostitos. A couple of media notes for you. Um, a couple of media notes for you. Jason Whitlock is out at Fox Sports. Josina Anderson is going to be out at ESPN. And Adam Amin, who's been a friend of this show and has been on many, many times, is now the new play-by-play voice of the Chicago Bulls. Which is great for him because, I mean, that's where he's, you know, he loves Chicago. But, yeah, so those are three big ones there. Um All right, let's bring in, let's see. I mean, we're in a position here, obviously, where, as you know, we try to keep our mistakes to a minimum. Um, so we only go with uh, uh, what what we know. That's why I brought up the recall election in Ward 4. We thought for sure we knew that one. No? Matt, no? That's, uh, I'm just asking. So let's bring in Neil Kulong. Neil, welcome. Great to have you with us. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me once again. I hope you guys are getting the kind of weather we're getting out here. What weather are you getting out there? Because here it's cloudy and cool. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It's gorgeous here. It's, it's probably 80 degrees. We're in the cloud in the sky. This is the, uh, this is the perfect day to do a bunch of yard work and not go golfing or have fun of any kind. That's, 
So That's no, my day. So in other words, you couldn't wait to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good break for me. <laughs> you need that one badly. Yeah, no question. You need to stretch out a little bit. Back getting <laughs> back getting a little Larry Bird like on me. I've got to I've got to give it some rest. Ugh. Wait. I mean, you know how Bird hurt his back, right? I would imagine. No. Um, no, it was not something to do with playing a lot of basketball. No. Hurt his back because he was putting in a driveway for his mom. He was hauling concrete. Really? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. I mean, that's a. You know, I mean, I just saved you so much money <laughs> from back issues. A message from this station and the Ad Council. Right. <laughs> My mom's not going to be happy with you, but uh, yeah, them for breaks. That's okay. Hire somebody. I got two other brothers. They can haul concrete. That's fine. Exactly. That's good. Um, okay. So when you, uh, I, I want to bring up just one sidebar note for a moment. He's no longer a Steeler, but at one point Josh Dobbs was. He's now with the. He was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was an incredibly exciting week for for Josh Dobbs because of the launch of SpaceX. I don't think people realize... First of all, Josh Dobbs is a genius. <laughs> but he's been doing, I think, I don't know if it's it's some work or intern work at the Kennedy Space Center. I mean, people don't realize he's an aerospace engineer degree from Tennessee. Yeah, that's... The, with Dobbs, you're getting a guy that really is probably just playing football for the money. And I don't think the money is going to be that much worse for him uh, when when he hangs up the cleats and gets into the the, uh, the rocket science career that he's bound to have. But yeah, he interned with NASA uh, the summer following being drafted by the Steelers. So he's getting on-the-job training both in how to be an NFL quarterback and how to launch things into the sky. So it, it's certainly a, a a bright financial future for Dobbs. And as far as his ceiling goes as a player, um, he's got some NFL experience. I'm not sure how much longer he'll really be around, but um, as long as he's cheap, which he will be for another two years, um, I I would imagine he'll be on a roster. Uh, At the same time, if he isn't interested in that as a career anymore, he can get into a you know a cushy lab gig and launch things into the sky for I, I'd imagine I don't know two hundred two fifty something like that. Those guys got to get paid. Uh, if, if, oh, enough if they're going to bring him in and, and have him work as you know a, a pre amateur, a pre professional, I should say, in the field. You'd think that they're uh, they, they'd be willing to give him a lot of money on a full time job. Years ago, Penn State had a long snapper named Emery Etter, and Emery Etter also. An aerospace engineer. That's he got his degree in aerospace engineering. Fabulous. I mean, it, and was a fascinating guy to talk to. Uh, there's one guy that's out there right now uh, by the name of Cam Newton, who you now June first has come and gone, so everybody's made their rust- roster moves. Right? They've done that. Uh, now you obviously you can sign with anybody. Would he be a good option for the Steelers? I mean, I know they're going to go with Mason Rudolph. I got that. So I'm not saying they're going to. But would he be a good option? I think Cam Newton would probably lift the quarterback room of 32 teams in the NFL. I think there's one team that had the opportunity to keep him, 
and didn't. And I think that argument can be made a couple different ways of why the Panthers would have wanted to release him, but that's going to be 98% financial. Yes. Um, I can understand coming off last season, the surgeries, certainly with a very truncated medical window going into this season, I can understand why the Panthers would not have wanted to keep him on the contract that he was on. That said, I think there are a lot of teams that would like to add him. And from there, it really gets into fit. Um, the dollars have to be right for both sides. You don't pay Cam Newton the veteran minimum. You know, not when Jameis Winston's getting some money to, right. to be a, a backup, um, to hold the clipboard and to figure stuff out and really to audition for next year's likelihood of a starting position opening up in New Orleans. Cam Newton, I would imagine, would want that type of opportunity if it was there. Um, if not, somewhere that he might have a chance to compete that's going to pay him money that's going to keep him in the league and keep his name out there to, to go after next year's market. That's really what it's about. And I think we've been adding uh, high-level quarterbacks or these high-level prospect quarterbacks over the last couple of years. We could expect that bubble to kind of increase to the point where a lot of the veterans were going to get squeezed out. Um, I say that every year, but then you now have Joe Flacco replacing the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick special of just jumping from team to team for right. whatever reason. Uh, veteran quarterbacks with starting experience are going to continue to find jobs if they're bad. If they're good, it's a different story, it seems like. So you have to wonder what team would want to bring in Cam Newton as a, a backup. I think by this point, uh, certainly without being able to see the rookies that you brought in without being able to see the veterans that you might have just signed, you're not going to add the quarterback piece of it for a lot of money. So I think activity is going to have to resume for a guy like Cam uh, to get in somewhere. Um, him, I'm not entirely sure he's going to want to, to you know grab the first opportunity anybody that's going to pay him a million bucks a year right now. He might be better served waiting for an injury, which, yeah. as, as history would show, uh, happens every year. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to get hurt somewhere. Some right. situation's going to change. Uh, this rookie's going to show up and not be quite who they thought he was going to be, so he's not going to be good enough to be the backup. We have to bring in somebody else. There's going to be an opportunity that opens up for him. And I enough think enough of Justin for. Herbert, though. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You have a situation like that. North Dakota State's own uh, Easton Stick might not be enough to, to be the backup there yeah. in, in, in Los Angeles. They True. might need another guy to do it. Yes. I, I think a, a player like Newton is going to have an opportunity uh, mm-hmm. somewhere. We just might not know exactly what that team is today. I realize that when you have the opportunity to make money, you need to go for it. All right. So I'm not, this is not a criticism and the least to Joe Flacco. None. But the dynamics of the Ravens as a team and their options as a team dramatically changed when he got that gigantic contract. Again, he you know he didn't hold anybody in a room and release them one at a time until he got his number. They both sides mutually agreed to it. Is there a lesson in there for other NFL teams as to how to handle that situation? But, you know, I know they're all individual, but in the end, they went with the younger. Uh, more dynamic option in Lamar Jackson who's panned out. I think it goes to show uh, what fans should really accept in that NFL contracts are, uh, for all meaningful intents and purposes, three-year deals for just about everybody. Mm-hmm. The extensions, not the rookie deals, not the obviously the one- right. or two-year deals. Right. 
Five-year contracts are three-year deals. Most of the guaranteed money is paid out during that time, and there usually is not much in year, if any. And it takes a lot to get guaranteed money into year four. Uh, there's no guaranteed money in the final two years of the contract. Whatever the base salary is of those years is almost arbitrary, considering um, at that point it's not going to cost the team anything to get rid of the player. They have it written into the language of the contract says, basically, if you are – not physically uh, fit or good enough to play football, we have the right to cut you. And they're the, the sole arbiters of, of that decision. So they can just say, look, you're no good anymore. We don't want you. Um, they don't have to pay them anything. So they can sign them to these long deals. And from there, um, it, it, it's up to the player's agent to kind of try to put something in there that might be able to keep them after that time or to say, look, you know, we're going to celebrate a five-year contract, but – they can get ready after three. That's when your money is going to get paid. So right. play really well through year three, and they'll, they'll keep you around. Right. Uh, otherwise, we're going to go back into free agency. Flacco's situation is different, and certainly uh, Patrick Mahomes' people have, have noticed this in the, the mega deal that I'm sure he's in the process of negotiating. <laughs> yeah. um, Flacco was said to be the one who turned down the Ravens' offer going into that year. Yes. It's almost unprecedented. And I, I say that off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's the only one. Um, in the, the previous CBA, so 2011, or even before that, uh, it was 2006, I think, or 2005, somewhere in there. And from that CBA through to now, he's the only rookie quarterback to start pretty much all of his team's games. I think Flacco missed one, maybe one game. That right. might have been a sit-down. Um, and play into the final year of his contract quarterbacks are locked up way earlier than that yeah. so he was in an unprecedented position of leverage as far as negotiating against the Ravens and he bet on himself and he bet on himself big and frankly he would have lost literally 60 million dollars had right. he not caught fire and, and brought his team to a Super Bowl um, there are a lot of different factors that go into that but the reality is Flacco had never performed exceptionally well. Um, he would have gotten a, a pretty good contract, not a great one. Think Andy Dalton's previous contract. It probably would have been somewhere around that. Um, he would not have had even close to what he got had he not, had he not won the Super Bowl. So right. he had a ton of leverage. And with that, uh, the three-year contract thing really became a six-year contract because what the Ravens had to do uh, to get out of cap trouble was to give him uh, extensions on top of that. They had to restructure his money. Um, and this was all designed by his agent to say, basically, look, you guys waited. You didn't pay us what we wanted to begin with. You're going to pay for it now. So Flacco is the rare exception of being on the other side of it, where he completely destroyed the market in terms of uh, what he's being paid for, certainly for the production that he put out. You're not going to see that situation happen very often, but don't mistake that with the escalating value of what a quarterback costs in today's NFL. That's just the way it is. Um, people freaked out when Matthew Stafford was getting $25 million a year. Well, right. That's the cost of a starting quarterback. That's, you don't want to start over. That, you that, can't draft one in the top ten. Right, that's the market. Yeah, so we're going to continue to see that. And you're going to see um, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and eventually Lamar Jackson. These guys, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at, by the end of it, high 40s, if not $50 million a year, and almost the whole thing guaranteed, simply because what are you going to do? You're going to say, no, Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to pay you. Look, what ha look, look what's going to happen with Dak Prescott in Dallas. Dallas would have wasted, I don't know how much time, to end up having Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback 
next year, not even this coming season in 2021. That's the, the kind of position that Dallas is trying to take on. You have to pay the quarterback. We've seen that time and time again, and the market is only going to increase now uh, at a higher clip than we've ever seen. So take note. You know, you think Joe Flacco's ability was mediocre compared to the dollars that he's getting. A lot of these young guys are going to be well, they're they're going to be making high level starting pitcher money by. 2026. Uh, well, my point about Joe Flacco is this: he, he played for less money, less money, and when he had the opportunity to get the big money, can you? Because anybody out there, please, okay, can I, you'd take it? And he finally got it. But there is now, now organizationally, there's a downside. You've now you now have put yourself in a position to have less flexibility. The Ravens have more flexibility on this day than they did with Joe Flacco because Lamar Jackson, who's a terrific quarterback, obviously can do multiple things, is is still in his rookie deal. Still in his rookie deal for another two years. Yeah. And his fifth-year option isn't even all that expensive because he was the 32nd overall player taken. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the Ravens, um, I, I, they're following the same pattern they did with Flacco. And granted, I don't think anybody is ever going to say that uh, Joe Flacco is more talented than Lamar Jackson is. But the, the similarity is the Ravens went into a Super Bowl year with, for example, probably $15 million in extra cap room that the Steelers didn't have because the Steelers are paying their quarterback top of the market right. and the Ravens are paying him, I think he got like $6 million the year he won the right. Super Bowl. Right. Uh, ben was at about 22. So there's an astronomical difference that's in there. And that difference comes out into the Ravens set up special power packages for Vontae Leach. I don't know if you remember him, one of the best fullbacks ever to play. So the best of the modern game. Mm -hmm. Incredible player. He played seven snaps a game. They paid him $3 million. (laughs) Why? Because he's a great player and they have the money to be able to do it. They signed Bryant McKinney to play left tackle for him. And Bryant McKinney was notoriously poor at conditioning. They sat him for half the year. They basically said, look, don't even try to get in shape. Just chill. Take it easy. Build slowly. We're going to start you at the end of the season. You're going to be a starting left tackle in the playoffs. That's exactly what they did. All of a sudden, they have one of the best left tackles in the game who's barely played. They're able to do all of that because of the flexibility of not paying their quarterback. And there are a lot of teams that are able to do that. You're seeing the Chiefs do that up and down. Um, the contracts that they've given out already, players that they're still bringing in, they have like literally $12 in cap space. I mean, the, the Chiefs are maximizing everything they can uh, to capture the window that they have before they have to pay. Patrick Mahomes as much as any three players in the NFL combined. So it, it makes sense what Baltimore is doing. They're, they're still doing the same thing as well. They, they make a big deal for Calais Campbell. Um, not a normal thing for them to give up assets for uh, expensive um, veterans, but that's what they're doing because they want to maximize the window that they have. Um, this goes against the, the one of the ideas in the NFL that bugs me the most, that having cap room is somehow healthier than not having cap room. Uh, not having cap room means you spent it on players. And theoretically, if you are a team, certainly like the Baltimore Ravens, that can evaluate talent and know how to bring it in, you're spending to the cap because you're adding a bunch of talent to your team. It's not going to be easy to beat them this year. And who right. cares about cap space? They'll figure out cap space later on because it's largely an illusion anyway. If you're going to have a ton of cap space or you know it, dollars to be able to spend if you're not paying a quarterback. And that's where the NFL is going. The, the quarterback position is going to become 
30% of a, a greatly increasing salary cap every year to the point it's just so off balance. It doesn't. The cap in and of itself isn't going to matter to teams that, that don't have a quarterback signed. And that's always going to be what, half the league, if not more. So it's it, good for them for doing it. It's it's not good for the Steelers for a while, but um, it, in the meantime, you're you're seeing great football in Kansas City and great football in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And a large part of it is because they don't have the same restrictions as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Of good news and bad news. The good news is, is once again you were terrific. So we'd like to have you back. Oh, ba- good. The bad news is, you're gonna have to go back out and finish the yard work because the segment's over. Yeah, I'm staring at it now. It looks worse than when I finished. You know what? I'm not, yeah. as, I'm not as far as I thought I was. You know what? You can do what some of the people here in the radio station do. They thought about going back out and then decided no. <laughs> <laughs> been doing that for seven weeks now. <laughs> I got a deadline put on me this week or bust. That's it. And I got, I got rain coming in tomorrow. So I, I get this finished now. It's over for three weeks at least and then i can deal with it the rest of the summer in a, a, a moderated way not what i'm doing now all right well curse me out you gotta go back out <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me anyway neil Kulong back with more in a moment on news radio 1070 wkok taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kid, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. There's some great deals out there right now. You can check it out online at sunburymotors.com. There are great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. You can do a lot of this from the comfort of your own home. All at sunburymotors.com. You sure there's not a recall in Ward 4? <laughs> My sources have still not indicated that to me yet. I'm only asking because I'm trying to, you know, it's been, a, it's been a tough time, so I'm trying to give people some hope. No? We still got three and a half hours till the polls close, so you never know. wonder if we could get signatures for a fall ballot. All right, uh, okay. Back when I come in for the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament in August, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. We should be able to, just at the golf tournament, get enough signatures with each errant shot. So you guys know, the guy that hit that shot, ooh, Ward 4, <laughs> trying to organize a recall. You don't think I can make this happen, do you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. This is a the primary election day, and... Uh, I've got a box of ballots. I'm ready to send it. All right, that's a different story. All right, so. Okay. Uh, We talked earlier about Wes Unseld. Tomorrow we're going to hear from P.J. Mustafer. P.J. has a real chance 
Antonio Shelton, who's like the the rock of Gibraltar in that defensive tackle spot, he's a very tough guy to move. Mustafer has a chance with a guy like Shelton next to him to be a big playmaker in the middle. We'll hear from him tomorrow, and we're going to hear from Sean Clifford on Thursday. That's not bad. All you know, Matt's been saying, hey, "Look, we need we need some big name people in here." I said, "How about the Penn State quarterback?" Okay. No, not big enough for you. I mean, it's, it's... hey, we're here for the people. That's why I brought up the Ward 4 thing. All right, but (laughs) I was trying to instill some hope. (laughs) All right. The, um, I think when we talk about the defensive tackle spot, I think most people do know that Damian Barber did put his name into the transfer portal. Uh, Damian came out of the spring last year, and I thought he put himself in a position to play. In fact, I talked openly on the show about the uh, that he was going to give them some depth in that defensive tackle spot. And... then he couldn't get out of the gate to start last season and it put him behind the Penn State is also with the incoming class I think people know that there's a numbers situation too Uh, and you knew somebody was going to have to transfer out and I wish him nothing but the best I wish him nothing but the best. And that is, uh, so that's part of the news. But you've got Mustafer, you've got Shelton, you've got Fred Hansard, Judge Culpepper. And Judge, I'll tell you, last I saw Judge was, Judge was obviously the first week of March. He lost a lot of weight. Uh, he was down, the, he was down, in the 290s. Now, I know for you, Matt, that doesn't sound like you've dropped a lot of weight. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, you're tough and wiry, all right? Uh, but for him, yeah, I mean, and I think the hope is it's going to make him quicker. So those are the four guys among the veterans, especially Hanser. I think Hanser's can be a really good player for them. But Mustafer, Shelton, Hansard, Culpepper. But then you get some kids there. Hakeem Beeman. If he stays on track, has a chance to be very good. Devon Ellies has a chance to be very good. I want to say Ellies and PJ went to the same high school, too. Separated by a couple of years, but I think they did. And that is where I think they they have defensive tackle depth. That's good, solid depth. 
A guy like Mustafer, whom we'll hear from tomorrow, has the ability, to, in my opinion, to be an effective 40 to 50 play a game guy like Shelton. And again, because Shelton, you can barely move. I mean, Shelton does not get pushed back. He helps then set up the guy next to him. And that guy next to him is P.J. Mustafer. We'll hear from him tomorrow. And then Thursday, Sean Clifford. And just having a healthy Sean Clifford makes a world of difference for that Penn State offense. He gutted it out in the month of November, then didn't play, obviously, in the the regular season finale against Rutgers. And then I thought gutted it out in the Cotton Bowl, made some big plays in that game. Having another year, and I'm really interested to see, I think we all are, how he will mesh with Kirk Shiraka. I think that's going to work out really well. I think you know I'm a big Sean Clifford guy. I really think he can step in and just be and put together a really, really super season. And, you know, obviously they'll need him to. The question will be now, besides Jahan Dotson and Daniel George, who's going to step up at that wide receiver spot? And we're going to find out as the when the preseason gets going, we're going to see some of those answers start to materialize. Question will be, when will Penn State get back? So we've pointed out a couple of times, I think most of you do know that on or before the 15th, which is now less than two weeks away, Penn State will announce their intentions for the fall. Once that is, I think, that then opens the door for what they want to do with the football program. Illinois is, Oklahoma State went back yesterday. Illinois is going back tomorrow. The entire SEC, Monday. Ohio State, Monday. Interesting, I mentioned Oklahoma State going back yesterday, but Oklahoma is not going back until July 15th. And again, it all depends on the comfort level of your football program and your athletic department. And that's where Lincoln Riley and Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, that's where they're comfortable right now. They're comfortable with going back July 15th. Yet in the same state, in the same state, Oklahoma State is July is June 1st. Actually, I'm now seeing Oklahoma to begin volunteering. They decided to push it up to July 1st. Voluntary workouts uh, for players at Oklahoma July 1st. The Big 8 had voted to, excuse me, the Big 12 had voted uh, for June 15th. 
The SEC's June 8th, Big 12, June 15th. The Big 10 is letting individual schools decide. We already mentioned Ohio State. I just wonder about any possible competitive disadvantages, even though I know these are voluntary. Competitive disadvantages. Uh, okay. So let's start with, with this. I mean, it's a question that every Penn Stater is asking because they're sitting there saying, Ohio State's going June 8th. Okay, these are voluntary workouts that do put you inside the facility and get you into a away program and get you into seven-on-sevens that are organized by the players. I think that two weeks does not make a difference. I really don't. I'm not even sure a month makes a difference. I mean, Oklahoma's going to go, what, July 1 now? Okay, so they'll go July 1. Um... You do have to get a lot of work done in a month's period of time before training camp begins. That's why if you see, for example, June 15th or June 22nd, I mean, that extra week is going to help, especially when you're doing the seven-on-seven thing. But eventually it does even out. So I'm I'm not that concerned about it. You have to do the single most important element to me, Matt, is what is everybody comfortable with? Comfort means a lot. And comfort's not just the players being comfortable. Uh, Comfort's also in the coaches being comfortable and the administration being comfortable and the people who have to clean and disinfect being comfortable. I mean, there's a lot of elements here where you're dealing with comfort levels here, and each organization has its own comfort level. Right, that's fair. And each state has its own comfort level. The comfort level of allowing Rutgers to go back to voluntary workouts on campus in New Jersey is going to be different than Laramie, Wyoming, where the University of Wyoming is in a state that has had virtually no COVID-19. Now, I realize you're talking about a Big Ten school versus a Mountain West school, but I'm just talking about I I picked two dramatically different states for a reason because in Wyoming, there probably is tremendous comfort level about, hey, let's go back to work now because it hasn't been really a factor in that state, as opposed to New Jersey, where it's been a massive factor. So the comfort level is going to be different, and that's why when we had Matt Leon on in the previous hour, I asked him the question of, does he feel like his comments and his opinions are shaped by where he lives and works? He works in Philadelphia. He lives in New Jersey. So as somebody who lives in Philadelphia, excuse me, works in Philadelphia and lives in New Jersey, are they going to have a different opinion than somebody, for example, that works in Georgia? You can be shaped by the area you live in and the trouble that of the area that you live in. 
or the lack thereof. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can go online to sunburymotors.com to check out the great line of Fords, Lincolns, Kias, Hyundais, and their great pre-owned inventory. All at sunburymotors.com. You can sit there in your living room and you can comfortably peruse and then get the process going. Yeah, competitive advantage. Uh, there's certain things that can't be avoided, Matt. This is one of those situations where comfort's going to mean something. I mean, it, will the SEC have a competitive advantage over everybody else by starting on Monday? Yeah, probably. I mean, you notice that the ACC hasn't announced a unified return, and the Pac-12 has said nothing. I mean, as of right now... Uh, Oregon doesn't want any large gatherings until October 1st. Well, Oregon's supposed to play Ohio State at Autzen Stadium in Eugene in September. Now that I didn't that's see, why, oh my. Well, that's why I talk about this one step at a time deal, Matt. Clearly Again, in that in case. Co- but, then it's, but I go back to where were we on April 2nd? Now let's fast forward. What was your mindset and what was the general mindset of everybody on May 2nd? Now how are we feeling on June 2nd? Well, we're going to feel different on July 2nd. We're going to feel different on August 2nd. And just You just feel it. But I think that the progression of mindset from April 2 to May 2 to June 2 should then be an indication as to how you can't answer and make decisions about September 2. So that's why I think that part's... That's why we wait. Uh, That's why, for example, when you see decisions made such as the Oregon governor, October 1st, you're like, oh, that's a little early to make that call. I'd wait a little bit on that one. You don't make decisions until you have to. And then when you have to, you make the decision. I mean, you can think about it. 
But you don't do something like that where it's just like you sit there and go, whoa, wait, really? So that's why, I mean, because you notice that nobody in the Pac-12 has announced anything they're doing. Nobody. And I think that's something that should be interesting to everybody because and the Big Ten's let everybody do it on an individual basis. The only two that have said anything so far have been Ohio State and Illinois, although I think I was close to saying they're back, I think. Michigan State has said that they, they intend to have classes in the fall. And Michigan, by the way, I think as of Thursday, Michigan really lightens up on restrictions beginning Thursday, I believe. So each state has to go. I mean, it's not just what each conference does. The Big Ten is 11 states. Just like the SEC is 11 states. Which means that is a a lot of different territory and mindsets that you need to negotiate. The mindset in Nebraska is different than that of Maryland. In terms of how the governor's handling it. Governor Hogan in Maryland, and I don't know the name of the governor in Nebraska. In fact, I've been to Lincoln. They they aren't sure either. But just kidding. (laughs) But I know in in the people I've talked to in politics, they are all for the recall in Ward 4. That's... You know me. I'm just thinking of the people, Matt. I'll keep working on it. Oh, I can tell you right now, I think it's it won't take much work. <laughs> Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kierwitz 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. P.J. Mustafer, we'll hear from him tomorrow. And Sean Clifford on Thursday on News Radio 1070 WKOK.